Fables Around the Table Continuum is a tense horror tale set in space. Our story features adult language and includes subjects and themes that may be upsetting for some audiences. This includes mental health, trauma, loss of autonomy, gun violence, self-harm, and suicide, descriptions of blood and gore, and death. Listen at your own discretion. Seabolt, you make your way through the confusing connection corridors of Herma Baltov Limited's Dispatch Station 12 on Luna. You finally make your way to Maintenance Bay 042, where the ship you will be living and working for the next five to six years is docked. You pass a pressurized bulkhead into a massive inflated dome. In the center is Synergistic Management Services 108, sitting vertically on its dry dock. You see a figure in the distance standing near the base of the ship, and as you approach, you recognize your friend from Academy, Delphine. Near the base of a portable lift that is set and locked into place to convey people up 50 or 60 feet to the port side airlock of the ship. Delphine, you, uh, you're waiting here and uh, you see Siebold enter the hangar. She'll lift a hand and wave slowly with regrets. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, bring it in, bring it in. Siebold oh goes in for a hug. Oh you just see Delphine like stiffen, but like let the hug happen she mm-hmm. looks like she wants to enjoy it but is thoroughly unenthused at the same time I just want to say B hates Siebold but Andy loves Siebold <laughs> <laughs> and, and Siebold is holding on to the hug and is just like god how long has it been Ugh. and it's like patting her back God, not long enough. (laughs) (laughs) But she, like, she has, like, a little bit of a smile on her face when she says it. Like, she doesn't fully mean it. Sure. And Siebold uh, releases the the hug and just like, ah, man. I mean, who would have thought, you know, that we'd be on crew together, you know? Who would have thought? She says kind of absently. And she thinks back to a time to before where... She remembers briefly the three of them just sitting on a couch in their shared college space, laughing. And then mm-hmm. she's back. Yeah. Delphine, she looks at Seabolt and... You ready for the tour? You ready to meet everybody? As ready as I'll ever be. And she leads him into the ship. Yeah. You guys step on this lift that will convey you up to the portside airlock where you'll enter on deck six, the cargo decks. Delphine explains where they are, and then instead of going through all of the decks as they're in order, she leads him to the forward airlock instead, Mm -hmm. where presumably I I would think that Jack would be. That's where Delphine assumes he would be. Uh, The bridge, probably. Yes. The bridge or subsystems. Yeah, Seabold, you see inside the cargo area is mostly empty. There are some crates strapped down below on deck nine that seem to be like mostly essentials. 
you know the ship is currently here undergoing maintenance, but Delphine leads you up a steep switchbacked steps that's almost more of a ladder than stairs. Up through deck 05, where you see there are six stasis pods arranged radially out from the center of this deck. You continue up to deck four, where you see the med bay, um, and Cameron is in there seemingly uh, inventorying some of the medical supplies. Delphine, do you stop to introduce Cameron, or you just keep going for now? I think she'll just call out, we'll be back, and they'll keep going. Okay. Sounds good. Yep. You go up through there into deck three, the galley, which is currently empty, and then up to deck two in subsystems, and you actually find Jack here. He's sitting interfacing with Ava, going over some of the ship's readouts um, and current status. I think Delphine will step onto the deck and kind of like brush off her hands on the pants of her flight suit and introduce Seabold by pointing back directly at him as he's climbing back up and just like deeply sighing <laughs> before she says, I brought our new recruit, Seabold Sanderson. Told you he'd be good. No. Oh. This is him. Well, Jack gets up from uh, fiddling around with the readouts. Also brushes his hands on his jumpsuit. Walked over to where Seabold's coming up. Good uh, good to meet you, Seabold. Glad to have you around. Whew, yeah, hold, wait, hold on. Let me, uh, let me get the sweat off my hands. Do we have to climb that every time? I guess not in zero G, but all right, here you go. Uh, all right, yeah. At least you're under moon's gravity right now, so it's not the <laughs> worst, but it's yeah. still rough. <laughs> We do the predator handshake. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Um, Extremely firm. Yeah. Seabold, like, squeezes your hand, like, kind of intentionally really hard to see if you will squeeze at that same strength. Yeah, I think Jack uh, Jack meets the squeeze and is like, mm. oh, yeah, good, uh, good handshake. So you got lead in your pencil there. <laughs> I love these jackisms. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, uh, Delphine, if you want to, as you taking uh, taking uh, Seabold, 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 taking a uh, Seabold around here to check out everything. Well, we've we've come up the ladder. Oh, well, guess you got a whole lot more to see. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Let me know if you need anything. I guess um, there's a there's a whole area set aside for you. Um, we. Uh, I think you see Jack thousand yard stare for a second. Uh, <laughs> we've uh, yeah, we we got a, a place for all the re uh, mechanical repairs and and such. Um, it's uh, it's pretty well kept. So uh, anyway, yeah. No, uh, good luck. I'm gonna I'm gonna go finish up these readouts and then uh, go ahead and check on the repairs. All right, sounds good. Well, well nice to meet you, uh, Jack. Right? Yep. And uh, Jack. Doffs his uh, his baseball hat, which has a got. Hang on, I'm sorry. Let me let me stop this. Let me pull up the list of Jack hats real quick uh, <laughs> and tell you what this one says. Uh, the company only allows a certain amount of personal items, and Jack's like is 80% hats. That's true. <laughs> um, Jack doffs his baseball cap, which just says in very plain letters, "Your planet sucks." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, says, uh, good, good to meet you. I'm sure I'll see you around until we both get sick of each other. <laughs> he goes and claps him on the shoulder and goes back to the readouts. Seabold kind of <laughs> does this awkward, like, half smile where it's like, huh? Ah. 
<laughs> Will you say that Jack smells like booze right now? I don't think Jack smells like booze. I do think Jack smells like um, the kind of smell you get off of someone who has been tending to their marijuana bush. Okay. Um, <laughs> All right. Because uh, there is one on the ship. All right. Sounds good. Ready for the rest of your tour? Uh, yeah. And, and Seabold will kind of whisper like, is he always like that? Like what? You know what? Never mind. I mean, just like, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. All right. And she'll lead him back from subsystems. She'll like wave absentmindedly at the the ladder for the bridge. Mm -hmm. But proudly, absentmindedly. (laughs) That's the bridge. That's like, that's a bridge. bridge You know what a bridge looks like. That's it's my room. Sit. You're not allowed to go in there. <laughs> it says no boys allowed. No touch. <laughs> yes, only one allowed. <laughs> so um, she'll take Seabold back down to the galley area, deck three, and walk him through like the kitchen, the bunks there, the commons, you know, mm-hmm. um, making snide remarks about all of it, I'm sure. And before they descend farther, she looks at Seabold, and for the first time, you see a rather evil-looking smile across her face. You ready for your physical? Um, like a, like a, like, like, like a physical physical? Like a physical physical. Uh, um. We're gonna get to meet our medical officer intimately. <laughs> oh, I, um, like today? Like, as soon as we go down the ladder. Great. (laughs) Awesome. You guys descend the ladder, and you see there's a second individual in this med bay now. B. And B and Cameron are talking. There's a news broadcast playing softly in the background, but they're talking over it. You see, like... This is probably the only time this podcast has happened. B actually cracks like a big smile and like laughs and <laughs> like shoves Cameron a little bit in the shoulder. Cameron is also like chuckling and laughing along too. They seem to be having like a really good time right now. Mm-hmm. Like being very playful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cameron, I brought a new friend for you. Looks over. Oh, B's smile immediately evaporates. Seabold <laughs> Sanderson. He's gonna be our newest member of the crew oh okay okay um hey b um i actually do need to take care of him so let's continue this a little bit later okay absolutely you know where to find me and she like smiles again a little at you and starts walking out and as she walks past she like claps a hand on siebel's shoulder and goes don't wince too much when he puts the thermometer up your ass why is everyone talking about this (laughs) is this what is happening? <laughs> Cameron gives a chuckle and says, listen, kid, don't worry about it, okay? It's it's not that invasive. Not that invasive. And what this is the second time somebody has mentioned this in the past two minutes. I'm very nervous. You honestly and why are you asking her to leave? Actually, now I would feel more comfortable if she was still here. Um, Delphine, I'm probably also gonna need you to step out as well. Gladly. See, that makes me nervous. Remember, also, de- Daredevil, <laughs> remember, you have another appointment with me at six, okay? What? It's on my schedule. Ugh. Fine. Oh. It'll take 30 minutes and a little bit of blood, okay? Doesn't it always? Indeed. Have fun, Seabold. And Delphine will duck out. 
Delphine ducks out and there's like a <laughs> awkward pause between Cameron and Seavold in this moment now that they're both alone. But it does allow you to hear the news report that is still playing quietly in the background. A battle of the billionaires. Ether and Faraday CEO Orson Grouse and rival Valkyrie Incorporated CEO Clark Ackerman will be going toe-to-toe. The two tech moguls have tentatively agreed to square off in a zero-G cage fight later this year. All proceeds from the bout, which will be promoted and officially sanctioned by the ZGFC, will benefit the Ronald Reagan World Poverty Fund. The timing of this announcement has Grouse's most vocal critics raising an eyebrow, some speculating this stunt is only an attempt to smokescreen the recent allegations that Ether has been furthering their synthetic human research. Grouse and his team of lawyers have denied these allegations but have neglected to comment further. Development of synthetic human organisms has been outlawed since the passing of the Ethics in Cloning Science Act of 2104. In other news, Earth's atmospheric readings have looked the best they have in a decade, and just in time for summer. While respirators will still be required outside, you can lose your eye protection for the time being. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Enhance your life with the new Omniphone X. I think uh, Sebo will see that, like, um, there's just like a little bit of like a roll of the eyes of Cameron as he hears the news before turning back to you and says, All right, so Seabold, right? Yep. So, first off, before we get this started, um, just to let you know, um, this is doctor patient confidentiality. The only people who are going to know about what happens in this room is you, me, and the company's medical compliance board. You understand? And apparently everybody on the crew. Oh, no, I mean, I can't really actually talk about that in any detail. Uh-huh. Um, that said, though, this is going to go into your company's profile, so just just keep that in mind, okay? Uh-huh. <laughs> all right. Um, so first off, I get out, like, the little, like, flash pen. It's like, all right, I want you to follow my finger with just your eyes, okay? Okay. So what brings you to our lovely crew? Eh, you know, I gotta get a job and uh, make some money so that way I can... Uh... I guess, fight other billionaires, you know, in a cage match. Kind of looks back at the news, looks at you and goes, so what, your your goal is to one day be like the Orson Grouse and Clark Ackermans of the world? I mean, I, I, mean, I, mean, I wouldn't be upset about it. Just be sure to remember the little guys whenever it comes down to it, the doctor that actually keeps you alive while you're down here with the rest of us. I guess, where would we be without the little guy, right? I guess so. See any uh, histories of past injuries, um, gunshots, airlock accidents, any missing limbs? Nope. All right. Any heart problems? Uh, n- physically, no. Just emotionally. <laughs> we also do offer counseling <laughs> services, and it's also company policy. You at least check in with me once a month. Understood? Oh, I, I, I was, I was just kidding. Um. I don't, I don't need counseling. Oh, well, then our talks are going to be very short whenever you do come to counseling. I bet. Let's see here. Uh, previous employment? Uh, yeah, here and there. Is this a yes or no question? Everybody's seen my resume. <laughs> <laughs>
Memory desync detected. Download complete. Memory desync. Good morning, crew. It is 0214 Earth Standard Time on October 7th, 2133. At a solar orbit of positioning error. Your wake-up song is Before I Disappear by Highland Rose, 2021. B, you awaken in your stasis pod on deck five of the clusterfuck. Having just seconds ago seen the alien creature launching itself at your face, while standing in the environmental controls and life support systems, which is module four. And now you suddenly wake up to hear Ava's voice announce the same date and time as usual, and your wake-up song is Before I Disappear by Highland Rose. Okay. Jack and Siebold, you guys also awaken. You had a pretty good loop. You got some clearances, be, did, a, did a bunch of damage to the monster, you made a bunch of progress. You're probably feeling pretty good. Hell yeah. I think when B gets out of the stasis pod, like she's immediately gonna like look at the others coming out and be like, did you see that? Did you, you didn't see that? Did you, I blew off six tentacles. We can fight back. As Jack uh, opens the, the hatch of the thing and wipes off the slime and uh, looks over, he's like, yeah, that was a, that was a pretty goddamn good run, I gotta say. Pretty, pretty fucking gnarly, as they said in the old days. <laughs> Seabold definitely makes a face as Jack says that. Pretty fucking gnarly, I guess. I don't know. What do you think, Delphine? And Seabold kind of just instinctively turns to look at Delphine's pod. Delphine has not gotten out of her well, that's nothing new. Which is nothing new. However, upon glancing at her pod, you see that her eyes are still closed, and she seems to be seizing. Uh, Jack looks at the other two. Uh, do you, uh, does anyone here know anything about medical things? Because I, I don't. As Jack is saying this, Seabold is not thinking and immediately trying to open the pod to perform emergency medical assistance. Yeah, the pod is sealed shut, and as you get closer, you can hear muffled inside the pod, in addition to the music, the same thing you heard when you woke up. Memory desync detected. Downlink complete. But then it repeats. Memory desync detected. Downlink complete. Memory desync detected. Downlink complete. Memory desync detected. And she seems to be kind of twitching. You can see her eyes are moving rapidly under her lids. Oh, no, no, no. Siebold, you read the manual on the current stasis pod upgrade. All of them were left with you. You remember reading that this can sometimes happen where the memory sync can enter a feedback loop and will cause like the memories to recursively downlink. Some error in the process is causing it to still be desynced after the process. So it just runs it again and again and again. You know how to fix this problem, but it's gonna take like three hours to do. And pulling Delphine out in the middle of this process could permanently damage her brain. Um, I think B is behind Siebold now and being her usual bitchy self. She's like, what are you waiting for? Get her out of there. I I literally can't do that. I, it's, if we do, it'll kill her. It hasn't synced. You, you hear that? Oh, memory? It's, 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 
Basically, I can't do that. It'll it'll make her brain pop. Essentially, I don't know what what language do you need to hear it in? I don't, fuck. And Seabold's like going in to start messing with the control panel. This yeah. is gonna take me a really long time to do, but I need to do this. Yeah, you can stop the process to basically put her back into stasis, so that it's not like currently in the loop, but. Anytime you try to wake her up, the same thing is going to happen until you fix the problem. Okay. Yeah, Seabold's just like trying to stabilize and get things to just stasis point. Yeah. I think for the first time, like we've seen Jack upset, I guess. I think this is probably the first time like a genuine look of concern uh, is on his face and like just the the sheer panic of like I cannot do anything right now I don't know what to do and I have to just trust that Seabold can do something and I think he just sort of stands there like hands clasped in front of his face uh, just watching just like wide-eyed and just just watching Seabold, mm. yeah. you managed to get Delphine like stable. You you bump her out of the, the loop so she's just in the normal stasis status in stable. It's yeah, it's gonna take like three hours to try and fix this issue so that she can actually wake back up. You know, and you may not be thinking rationally right now, but you know the loop is only seventy-two minutes. Yeah, Seabolt's just gonna start trying to fix the 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 feedback loop. I don't know, maybe if I like try to do this it I can I can make this faster and then okay, yeah, and you just hear him mumbling under his breath, fuck I can I, she can't fucking stay like this. We need her. Yeah, I think for a while B's just kind of like staring and watching and waiting. Like just like wide eyes, like thin lipped, like she's scared. And I think that's that's plain on her face. Um, and like after letting Siebold work for a little while, like eyes darting back and forth, she's like, "Well, what, what is, what are you doing? What is going on?" We're into the second scene. Okay, so this it, it, basically, it, it, and and this is all as he's like still trying to like fumble around and and try to you know fix this. He's like, "Well, basically, I need to." Resync all of this stuff and I have to fix this fucking pod and all of that just takes a lot of time okay and it's 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 something that I can't really just do in like five minutes you know but <laughs> so actually and I can't do it with you standing here so if you could just like you know if you wanted to like I don't know go get that stuff on your CNI maybe that would be helpful you know versus just standing here and kind of looking over my shoulder yeah hey hey B why don't we um why don't we let Seabolt do it for a little bit? Why don't we, um, why don't we go gear up? And shoots her a knowing look. Um, when Seabold snaps back at her again, like, Jack, you can see, like, her, like, hands just, like, curl into fists, and she looks like she's, like, about to say something, but then you speak up, and then she looks at you, and, like, fear has turned to anger, and like she just wordlessly like starts walking towards you floating it's still zero G. right shit god damn it I forget every, every fucking time. time Nicholas every time <laughs> hey uh 
B, why don't we, um, why don't we pop on down to deck 10 real quick and, uh, go ahead and see how many of them combat shotguns we got lying around. She's not gonna say anything. She's just gonna nod and follow. Alright. After we get, uh, out of earshot, reasonable earshot, I guess, Jack's just gonna, like, put a hand on her shoulder, say... She's shaking. Yeah. Um, alright. I, um... I'm going to admit that perhaps I've been a little too flippant about our uh, constant time loop resets, because we now have uh, we now have proof that something can go wrong, and uh, now we've got some real stakes. And uh, you know, it's easy to it's easy to sort of laugh it off and make jokes and drink beer about it when. Uh, when nothing's happened, but, um... And, I like, as he's talking, I think you can see Jack's face just, like... I think Jack is probably also shaking, and just, like, the the staring off into the middle distance as he's talking, um, not doing so great. I, um... We gotta get out of here so we can get her back, because we can't, we can't do it now. It, it sounds like Seabolt's gonna need a lot of time, and unless there's some kind of weird time fuckery in which case where he can save the progress he makes to what I I don't know we've done enough weird time bullshit I don't trust it anymore and uh I think you were right and maybe I shouldn't have from the first place and I'm sorry but I think what we need to do is make sure that we take advantage of the time that we've got left cause uh as you have told me many times we don't know how many of these we get so I think the best thing we can do is uh, my favorite activity, which is compartmentalizing it, shoving it way down, and just not thinking about it and trying to get shit done. You with me on that? She just kind of like silently stares while you say this. Like like she's, she's shooting you daggers, particularly when you like start hedging towards the fact that, yeah, you might have fucked up when you shot yourself, but um, she's quiet for a beat and then her face kind of contorts and she like turns away real fast and like wipes at her face real fast and just goes, fine, compartmentalizing. There you go. You know, again, just shoving it way down. And I I think Jack sort of starts getting into the, the easy routine of making jokes about it but then stops himself and, and looks back. And I, I also don't think, like, he's taking his hand off B's shoulder. Uh, and he's just like, this, uh... God, this, this fucking sucks. This sucks so bad. But we're gonna get through it, because we have to. Oh, God, fucking team-leading training. I, uh, God, that shit gets in deep. <laughs> he, he wipes his face. Uh, he pats her on the shoulder. He's like, "All right, let's." Uh, I realize I don't actually come down here with you. But let's let's uh, let's get whatever you need and then get on back up. She puts her hand on top of his and like squeezes it like really hard and like kind of tries to give like a small half smile, but it's really forced. And she pulls away and starts heading towards deck ten. Okay. Yeah, you get down there. What do you grab? Um. So we have seventeen combat shotguns. Rest. You don't. <laughs> I believe we have one. Here's something fun. Do we have any spare um, 
shit, what's the word for it? The, um, they're in your car. When you have an accident, they go off. Airbags. Uh, do we have any spare, like, airbags or other things like that? Things that, uh, inflate on impact? Um, I'm trying to think. It would such a thing have an application in space? I'll tell you what. There would be such a thing as orbital drops for certain extreme situations where you have to drop a cargo payload from space to the surface. Yeah. And then there would be like an orbital drop like whole setup where that has a deployable parachute and airbags for landing. I would say that in the case of emergencies, the clusterfuck is equipped with one of those setups, but it's kind of a big thing. Mm. But it has lots of little airbags attached to it that blow up to be about the size of, like, a beach ball each. Yeah. My thought, um, because I am in full gremlin mode, (laughs) is if there's something roughly, I don't know, tower shield shaped and sized... Uh, that I could then stick these airbags on so that if the creature jumps at us, it would hit it and bounce off. Uh, I know it sounds like I'm doing a bit, but I'm trying to think of, like, what things... Because now if we know that, uh, like, under gravity, this thing doesn't suck, but does have a harder time moving around, like, being able to bounce it off of us if it jumps at us is helpful. Mm Mm-hmm. So you might be able to retrofit a panel of this orbital drop system. Uh, We'll just call it the ODS. Okay. Because why not? It's an orbital drop system. But Seabold would probably be required to, like, remove it in a way that allowed it to still be functional and carryable. Mm. All right. Well, that's not a thing. Um, I do remember the emergency beacon worked really well. If we have any spare emergency beacons down here... Um, I'm not so crazy as I would take all of them because there's a chance that we will get out and then we might need one and then past Jack will have doomed us in the future. Mm -hmm. So if we have any other emergency beacons, I will take all but one of them. Um, I'm going to say that there was only... So you have the one that you carry on you just in case. Yeah. But uh, I'll say you have three in storage. Okay. I will take two. That way each of us has got one. We can just throw them to distract the thing as needed. I'm trying to think of, like, all the things we've done in the past that have actually worked. Uh, the defibrillator worked, but that would be up in Med Bay. Right. Uh, Which would probably be an additional scene to grab. Right. Let's see. Got the combat shotgun. Got the emergency beacon. Yeah. The weapons that we have available are three revolvers, three flare guns, one combat shotgun, ammo for all of them, two stun batons, and a trank pistol. And the trank pistol did not do us much good when I shot it at the creature. Or at the gynoid. Right, because I tried shooting her first, didn't I? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I I was hoping, I I brought that on almost every loop, hoping that that would buy us time to get away from it. But that doesn't seem to be the case. Now, last loop, I had the thought and and gave Seabold the weld gun and something else. It's somewhere else in the notes. It was the foam and the welding gun. Yeah, it's a welder and a foam gun. Welder and a foam gun, yeah. And I was thinking we could seal the doors behind us. Yeah. 
if we needed to, to to block it from us. That's that's maybe not foolproof, but we've seen it slide under the doors. Yeah. So that was my thought there. Sure. But uh, we never got to enact that because you know, we were just trying to collect the fobs and I just shot it with a gun. Given the uh, the time that we've taken on this loop, since we're not going to have a full one, we may not want to... We may want to prioritize doing whatever we can as fast as we can and maybe having defensive measures uh, so that the next time around we can just, uh, just hit it full force. Defensive, huh? And that's when she'll go and she'll grab those two again, but she'll carry them because she doesn't have Siebel to hoist them off, and she'll grab the combat shotgun and revolvers don't do much. We haven't tried the flare gun. No, we haven't tried the flare gun. Um... um... And we haven't tried the stun baton. That might baton. do something. Yeah. Well, the stun baton, yeah, we should definitely have the stun batons because yeah. that's got electricity going yeah. on with it. Jack has his revolver, but isn't great with it. And having additional revolvers would be funny, but also not. You know what? I will say, I think he will take one more revolver so he can, he can dual wield uh, if we're going in full doom mode. Um, <laughs> we'll... Uh, yeah, he'll grab one other one and uh, and some ammo for it, just so he's got the two. All right, and then I've got the shotgun, the two stun batons, the welder, the foam gun. God, can I carry anymore? <laughs> I mean, you just fucking attach them all yourself. Carabiners, we're in space right now. Yeah. True. Um, And a flare gun just for funsies. All right. Seabolt, you have been left alone with Delphine's pod. Yeah, I think as Seabold's working on it, he's just talking under his breath. Fuck, I mean, oh god, what am I gonna do? She's, it can't be like this. And you see Seabold's actually tearing up a little bit. Fuck, sick and tired as fucking shit. Jack and B, you guys get back up to deck five. Seabold is still working away. And as you guys enter, that's when the entire ship shakes marking the beginning of scene four. All right. Well, why don't we, uh, since we're starting so late in this one anyway, why don't we uh, use this as an opportunity to learn something? Why don't we, uh, why don't we see what's over in, in module nine, huh? Um, module nine is the other one we can dock in. Yeah, and it's also the one right by the power systems, which just blew up. So... I don't know if we can actually dock at it, but, you know, flying over there would be cool to see, just in case. Now, as a reminder, you don't know what clearance you need because you've never been over there. Right. Oh, that's true. Oh, uh, you know what? That is that is actually a fair point, and we do know that we have the clearance we need to get into the uh, module two, into the, the admin hab module. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably smart. We should We should go to the known first, I guess. Another thought I had, I feel like you brought up a good point of like, let's learn something because we're starting so late. Because there was also an Isaac terminal in module seven that I didn't get. If we're trying to check out things, we don't usually have time to check out. That's true. I mean, we don't, we don't have to go for that. I'm just, I'm just spitballing here, throwing spaghetti at the wall, you know? Yeah. Come to think of it, have we been in module eight? be tried to get into module eight it's depressurized and we can bypass it with orange clearance but we would need spacesuits right which we have and you've seen module eight from the exterior and it's like 
pretty open. It's it kind of got unzipped. Mm. And it's not just depressurized. It's like full hull breach. Interesting. Okay. And while we're talking about things that we've seen before, if I remember right, module nine B is the sort of like balloon that's in the thing attached to the outside, right? Correct. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Well, I think we can grab the thing in module seven next time. We could literally just go ahead and do the stuff over in module three, module two, whatever. The next loop, we can enter through module six, we can go left, we can go through module seven, we can grab the Isaac terminal, we can go use the orange clearance to override the access to module eight, we can go through there and then go on to Module 9 that way, coming up the side, as opposed to docking there, because that way we can catch everything that we can, we can learn everything that we can on the way, and then the loop after that, we can just start over at Module 9. Yeah, because it's going to take so much time to go through these modules one by one to go the long way around. Um, Eight seems like a risk, but, I mean, stakes are high. And I can confirm, we can survive in the the cold darkness of space in uh, one of those light uh, suits mm-hmm. yep. without putting on the whole thing. Yep. Not advisable for long periods of time, but it'll get the trick done. Yeah. So yeah, okay. So then in that case for this one we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and move us over to module three. B looks at Jack, looks at Seabold, and then looks back at Jack and says a bit quietly, You flying then? Yeah, I guess uh Yeah, I can still do that. Yep. Jack uh, heads on down. Okay. Moving the ship, I'll include as part of this scene. So you'll arrive at Module 3 for Scene 5, but you have the clearance, so you can get all the way to Module 2 in Scene 5. Cool. Yeah, Jack, uh, you undock the ship and move it over, and uh, you're not as adept at it as Delphine. It's been a while. Yeah, but you did fill this role before you brought Delphine on as a dedicated pilot. You're serviceable at it, and uh, you're able to dock at Module 3. As the ship docks and, like, Jack and B are, like, moving towards the door, B's going to stop and look at Seabold with much less anger now and go, You coming, kid? No, you go ahead. Okay. That's all she's going to say. She's going to start heading out. Jack and B, you enter in the module three, the multi-purpose logistic module. You see it's basically a warehouse. You see the exo loader sitting there, um, the tools, chests, and stuff, and you're able to go up a deck and through PMA 3-2, which recognizes Jack's orange clearance. Right. And opens. On the inside of the PMA reads module zero two, AHAB, which you know stands for Admin Habitation Module. Excellent. Jack just shoots a quick look over at B. All right. Nothing to it but to do it. B nods, readies the shotgun in her hands just in case, and leads the way. Okay. Yeah, so the door opens. The lighting is different. It's almost like that that kind of stark contrast of, like, constantly being under kind of harsh, cool lights, and then you walk into a room that's all lit with warm lights. And... You enter into a corridor. Kind of a few steps in front of you, you see that there is another set of doors that accesses a staircase, and the walls are all made out of, like, a heavy, like, transparent, like, plexiglass. Hmm. 
and you see that the hallway wraps around the one side of this module with the glass walls that look down and up into the module itself that spans several decks. Below, you see verdant green and shimmering blue, as it seems that the deck below you, Deco 2-0, is the natatorium, which is a endless swimming pool, which has the conveyor belt current, so you can swim forever. The water is hovering in a giant globulous orb yeah. kind of in the middle of the atrium. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And you can actually see that the far wall is entirely an LED screen projecting what looks like the view from like a Caribbean resort out over the Gulf of Mexico with like the sun just shimmering on the water. The ground looks like cobblestone and there is all kinds of tropical plants that are lining the walls and corners down here and you see chase lounge like beach chairs along the one side of the swimming pool below. The main corridor that you're on that kind of connects to both ends the entrance and exit to this module seems pretty austere but you can kind of see on the deck above again behind these doors and staircases that as you approach shimmer with red clearance um you can see above um which is labeled uh, deco 2 2 is the terrace and you can see that there is several massage stations it looks like there's like a full barber shop up there it looks like there is a whole gourmet cafeteria and a whole entertainment space. And even further above at the very top deck, you can see all the way up through this atrium, there is rows of suites, curtains on the opening glass, and you can make out huge plush king beds and stuff in there, and everything is decorated very opulently. Very different from the utility of the entire rest of the station. B kinda takes this all in and like, she she falters a little with like the shotgun as she like kind of like looks around and she just goes jesus fucking christ this is disgusting you said that this is all blocked by red clearance right yeah so the corridor that you're in goes straight through the entire module and out the other side but to access the natatorium below or the terrace and suites above you have to access one of two staircases that require red clearance to go up or down gotcha uh halfway down the corridor there is a bulkhead to your right which you know from the map is uh pma2b uh pma2b to the escape pods why don't we uh why don't we go check out those escape pods real quick, just uh, just to see if anybody made it out. And you do actually see an Isaac terminal um, on the wall, not far from where you're at on this end. Oh, all right. Jack will go to the uh, to the Isaac terminal. Oh, hello, uh, hello, Isaac. Please give me plot coupon. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly. There's an audio file here. Would you like me to play it? That would be delightful. Thank you. Conclusive findings continue to be hard to pin down, unfortunately. But we are dealing with the fundamental forces that govern the universe. I am confident the outlined experiments in my report will allow us to measure the potential correlations between our inputs to object T1322 and fluctuations on TN1340's lens steering precession. A positive correlation would mean it is potentially possible to... Yes, yes, I think we understand. Thank you, Dr. Schreiber. This meeting is already running long, and... We still have a lot to go over. If it's in your report, I'm sure someone will read it. 
No guarantee they'll understand it, though. <laughs> All right, next on the agenda, bio. Dr. Volokova, the board is quite intrigued by your most recent report. Your little pet has been causing quite the stir. Thank you, Mr. Delacroix. Now that one of the specimens has awakened, we have been able to learn much more than previously possible by simply observing its dormant state. As regretful and tragic as last week's incident was, it did serve to teach us that the creature's bioelectrical discharges seem to be capable of hijacking the nervous system of another creature. This may be a primary defensive or predatory tactic. Yes, our sympathies go out to Mr. Klein's family. But anyway, the board believes this development has a lot of potential. It may even serve as our answer to the synthetic human research Ether is rumored to be doing. Is there anything in particular you need to continue your research? Well, as I said in the rest of the report, I would like to acquire a collection of test animals, preferably mammals, to further test this behavior. Well, given that we're way the fuck out here in the Kuiper Belt, test animals might be a little difficult to come by, even clone ones. But I'm sure we can come to some alternate arrangement that will suffice. Alright. In fact, the board has voted to make adjustments to the R&D budget. Moving forward, we're promoting the biology arm of our operations to highest priority, so rest assured, we will do our best to get you anything you need. Thank you, that is very exciting to hear. <laughs> With all due respect, sir, cracking faster than light travel has been this station's priority since its inception. Diverting funds from the physics department would severely impede that goal. Dr. Schreiber, the physics department hasn't delivered a single worthwhile breakthrough since the Quantum Link project a fucking decade ago. And that project hasn't really been moving the needle too much for us anyway. It's so fucking expensive and complicated to set up. But I appreciate Dr. Chandra's and your efforts over there, but if you don't start bringing something meaningful to the table, a personnel change might be the paradigm shift that we need. If you understand my meaning. You... You want me to do more with this. Understood. Well, who would have known that the <clears throat> the secret bad guy this whole time was corporate greed? Yeah, big fucking surprise. I mean, look at this, Jack. Red clearance to get to beds. They don't... They have stasis pods. They don't have beds otherwise. Yeah. You know, something, something caught me, uh... Something caught me a little bit by surprise in there. I'm talking about the, um, the artificial human. If Ether was working on artificial humans, then I think our, uh, I think our friend in the mystery vessel must be from Ether. I will point out in the initial audio logs on Cameron's hand terminal, Ira did mention that there were spies from Ether on board, mm. and that's who Valkyrie was looking for, not for him. Interesting. That's right. I do remember that now that you say that. Well, they've got their own. Took that away for uh, for later, I suppose. They've got their own fucking messed up web of lies and deceit and spies. I could give a shit, honestly, about either of them. I mean, yeah. At this point, I don't know. I guess it's just good to to log it away for later, so that inevitably, when we escape this place and go take it to some kind of news corporation then immediately get assassinated by a company drone or something. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So how about those escape pods? Let's go. Alright. So you go about halfway through the module and you open 
PMA2B, and you are met with a pile of bodies. Holy shit. Yeah, there's probably about 12 bodies in here floating, and you can make out the other side of the PMA is shut, and there's a circular, there's a circular, like, window um, looking into the escape pod array, and you can see movement on the other side of that window. Oh, okay. Yeah, Jack will nudge B and point to the movement. Why don't you, uh, why don't you go check that out real quick? I'm gonna see if I can grab us one of them red key cards if any of these fuckers have it. He nods and uh, whispers, wish me luck, and goes to the window. Now, this is basically an airlock, like all the PMAs, so it's like kind of three or four meters in each direction. And B, you kind of have to push your way through the bodies which are drifting. And almost all of them seem to be in the kind of crew jumpsuit of like the Roughnecks. Like none of them seem like they're admin or even middle management here on the station. And uh, Jack, as you start searching around, you only can find green security fobs. Mm -hmm. B, you get to the window and you see that through the window, it's kind of a semicircular room with four pod entrances kind of spaced equally around the outside. Um, And you see there's a figure kind of hovering in front of one, uh, tapping away on the access panel with a large yellow hard case that has the Valkyrie logo with like a serial number stenciled onto it. And uh, it's somebody you recognize, B. Oh no. You've only met him like probably twice in person. This is Gavin Price. Oh no. Do I have the clearance to get through this door? No. Damn it. It looks like it requires red clearance to open the door. Well, B is gonna see him and just shout, you motherfucker! And start, like, trying to, like, slam against the glass to break it. Yeah. To, like, get at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You shout, and he doesn't react to the shout, but when you bang on the the window and on the door, he glances, and he kind of cocks an eyebrow, and he floats over, and he reaches over and touches a console off the side, and you hear his voice come over an intercom. Beatrice, fancy running into you here. Is that Jack over there? Jackie boy. Uh, yeah, Jack will look up and, uh, look over and Gavin, what the... The fuck are you doing here? Yeah, you know, I was starting to ask myself the same fucking question. Because as you can see, things have gone a little tits up. You have a way of stumbling onto those type of situations, don't you guys? That's what you pay us for. Yeah, well... B is still hitting the glass. <laughs> yeah, he's ignoring you. And yep. also the glass is not even budging. The it's not shattering at all. Doesn't it's matter. Spa- it's like probably four inches thick. <laughs> doesn't matter. B is very mad. She's so just a quick rundown. Delphine is no longer with us, essentially, which is upsetting. Mm-hmm. Yes. The loops are finite, potentially, which is upsetting. Mm-hmm. Jack tells her to compartmentalize, which B is not good at, which is upsetting. Uh-huh. And now mm-hmm. fucking Gavin Price is here. All yeah. of the rage is just unleashed. Yeah, ignoring you, B, and kind of like looking past you at Jack, and he's gonna smile in a very punchable way. Yeah, well, frankly, I really don't have the time or energy to deal with this mess up again. Plus, you know, kind of two strikes, you're out. So, no hard feelings. 
he taps on his hand terminal and the door shuts behind you guys, locking you into PMA-2B. Isaac, can you depressurize PMA-2B for me again? Got more hitchhikers. Affirmative. Depressurizing PMA-2B. Price, you fuck! I'll fucking kill you! And you hear a slight hiss sound, and he turns back to go do what he was doing. Okay, can I tell where it's coming from? Uh, the ventilation. All of the ventilation. Uh, I think Jack yells over, see if you could bust the window and buy some time. What do you think I was trying to do? Because she was just slamming on it over and over. Yeah. I will grab the foam gun from B's kit. Yeah. And I'm going to start trying to foam over the, uh, the vents. Okay. Go ahead and make a speed check for me. Man, you're going to make me fucking roll dice about this shit. Yes! It's like it's a role-playing game. Yeah. <laughs> Nicholas, we've been playing a role. I don't want to roll a roll. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fucking speed. All right. I'll let you use jury rigging if you have it. No, I sure don't. <laughs> Would you let me use zero G if I had it? <laughs> <laughs> but you don't. Yeah. Funny that. <laughs> Uh, okay. Is moot. I mean, we, we got like a 50-50. My, my speed's 49. Okay. Uh, let's see what we got. That was uh, 39. So Hell yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you've sealed off like one of the six vents. Oh, I'm going to uh, <laughs> keep doing it. Um, B, what, are you doing anything? It's already getting a little hard to breathe. I'm trying to think of anything useful I can do. And if B would be in a head state to even do it. <laughs> would I be able to use the welder in any way? You could try cutting through the door, but that's not a fast process for like a full like airlock door. Mm, I think she pulls out the welder and turns towards the door that Gavin's behind and like moves to like start using it, but then like has like a moment and like maybe that's when Jack gets the first vent closed off or whatever and she like hears that she just goes fuck and she goes to the back door that the one that would get us out instead of to Gavin and starts trying to de-weld it yeah you go to cut your way back into module 2 go ahead and make me a I'd say an intellect check fuck you sorry (laughs) sorry because to be able to cut through this quickly, you're going to have to be strategic on where. And uh, that is using your brain meats. Um, let's see. Can you add anything else? I would say you can add jury rigging. Um, you can add industrial equipment. If you have either of those. Mm-mm. Military training? No. Mm-hmm. I've not been able to use that once. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. All right. Is there a window to module two? There's only a window into the escape pod array. Fuck. Okay. Well, she's just going for the door then. Please, please, please. Oh, fuck yes! It wasn't a crit, but I got a 13 out of 33. Nice. Yeah. Uh, So you begin cutting and you are able to cut the one opening mechanism, Mm -hmm. working your way kind of around, which is like a quarter of the way through to get the door completely open. And how hard is it to breathe? It's getting pretty hard to breathe. Uh, Jack, you trying to seal off another another vent? Yeah. Okay, Uh, go ahead and make another roll for me. Mm, That was a 67, which is an failure. Okay, you take a point of stress. 
B. Continue and they try and cut. I'm rolling dice to determine how quickly the air escapes, by the way. Would it be possible for B to cut a hole in the door? Maybe not getting them escape, but just getting a hole in the door to, to buy them time, essentially. You could try. I think that's our best bet. Yeah. If it's that hard to breathe already, and mm -hmm. I'm only a quarter of the way around. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll do it. Come on. <gasps> Damn it! Oh, I got so excited for a second. <laughs> 37 out of 33. Oh, that was so close. I know, and I, I saw the 30, and I was like, I did it! And then I saw the 7. Yeah. So you're you're cutting, you're cutting, you're cutting, and your vision is starting to the the edges of your vision are turning black and starting to close as the oxygen is escaping. Jack, you're experiencing the same thing. Your breathing is incredibly shallow, the both of you, and your vision is slowly blacking out. Uh real quick, where are we time wise? You're almost at the end of the loop anyway. Okay. Jack will go over to wherever the um, speaker had been uh -huh. and hit the communicator button and just say, Gavin, you're going to wish you hadn't done that next loop. He kind of stops what he's doing and glances over at you with a shitting grin. He goes, You're getting delirious from the lack of oxygen, friend. Enjoy that high before you pass on to nothing else. And he kind of turns back to doing what he was doing. He's not trapped with us. Yeah, it seems he doesn't know about the loop. Yeah. Stupid bastard. Then, I guess maybe with the with the last of his breath, um, he'll uh, hit the communicator back to the ship to, to get to Seabolt and uh, say, Seabolt, we got Valkyrie operatives here. Piece of shit. Trying to kill us at the escape pod array. And you black out. Seabolt. Mm -hmm. So you've been working away kind of silently in the quiet of deck five of the stasis deck. Delphine laying there now peacefully inside her pod now that you've gotten her back into regular stasis while you work. Yeah. It becomes abundantly clear you're not going to get this done in time. You check the time and it's already over an hour. You have less than 10 minutes left. At this time, I think Seabolt's just like, fuck, and like slams the control panel. And I think uh, Seabold's actually going to try and... So I guess at this point, would Seabold know that there's anything that can be done to hopefully prevent this loop from happening on any other pods? No. Okay. Your understanding of the way the loop works is this shouldn't have happened to Delphi. Sure. Like, something weird occurred. Mm -hmm. And you don't know if it can happen to you guys or not. Yeah. I think Seabold uh, at that point just kind of goes, <sighs> well, I mean, fuck, I guess there's nothing I can do for you. While kind of looking at Delphine, knowing that she can't see him, kind of wipes like a glob of tears off of his eye and kind of just like flicks it off in the distance. <sighs> fuck, I guess we'll just have to get out of this loop and hope that we can fix this whole thing. I don't know. It's, shit doesn't make any sense. And that's when Jack's message comes through. Seabolt, we got Valkyrie operatives here. Piece of shit. Trying to kill us at the escape pod array. 
His voice sounds strained and weak. Sleepel doesn't really respond, but just kind of looks down, I think, kind of defeated. And that's when you begin to hear the opening to Before I Disappear by Hanley Rose. 2021. (laughs) It's my favorite song. You listen to it every day. Yeah, I put it on every (laughs) single day. (laughs) You just sit there listening to the song, looking at Delphine in her stasis pod. And then you wake up in your own all over again. everyone, Nick Yurisiva here, your warden of this season of Fables Around the Table, Continuum, playing Mothership by Tuesday Night Games. Firstly, let's address the alien tentacle monster in the room. Caitlin has regretfully needed to withdraw from the remainder of the season for personal reasons. While Caitlin will be sorely missed at the table, she and I worked closely together to develop how to handle the rest of Delphine's story and how to use her departure to further raise the stakes of the narrative and add urgency for the rest of the characters as we bring our season to a close. Rest assured, Caitlin will still be back for the end of the season retrospective episode to discuss the season and answer your questions. Here's a quick reminder of the talented people on this episode. Caitlin Camp plays Delphine. She is a Fables veteran, having appeared on seasons Lost, Candlelight, and Greetings from Hell. She was also a guest on Tales of the Voidfarer. Roger Page is Siebold. He is also a Fables veteran, having appeared on seasons Tainted Love, Lost, and Greetings from Hell. Additionally, Roger plays Remix on our mass podcast, Cape Chronicles. He guested on Tales of the Voidfarer as well, and he's a streamer. Catch his streams at twitch.tv slash Mr. Roger. That's M-I-S-T-E-R-R-O-D-G-E-R. Andy, a.k.a. Bam Crash Kapow, plays B. She's a variety streamer, and you can catch her streams at twitch.tv slash Bam Crash Kapow. Adam Seats plays Jack. They are the co-author of any award-winning D&D 5e adventure, One Night Strahd. One Night Strahd is currently available for purchase on DMs Guild. Tanner Bivens once again returns to play Cameron in the flashback you heard at the top of the episode. Once again, shout out to Anna Matthews for voicing the ship's AI, Ava. Anna has also recorded voiceover previously for Fables Around the Table, Tiffany. Fiona L.F. Kelly is back as the voice of Dr. Selena Velikova. Fiona is the executive producer and showrunner of Fables Around the Table. She has GM and played in many Fable seasons, and she plays Falcon Girl on Cape Chronicles and Ravnus on Tales of the Voidfarer. 
Huge shout out to Tom Goldthwaite for voicing Mike Delacroix. Tom is one of the Project Derailed founders and serves as my story consultant on Tales of the Voidfarer, as well as being the creator of the Tales of the Voidfarer theme song. He also served as a story consultant on this as well. Thank you to Tyler Matthews for voicing the crew member Winston Summers later this episode. Tyler has previously done voice work on Fables Around the Table Lost. Also later this episode, Garrett Kimmel reprises his role as Seize Back the Sky agent Ira Darnell. Garrett was on the cast of Fables Curse and She and has appeared on Tales of the Voidfarer as the tiefling Captain Visco. Garrett's band, Northern Weather, is currently hard at work recording their next album, and their last album, A Shade of Melancholy, is now available on vinyl. Check them out at northernweather.bandcamp.com or wherever you find music. A huge shout out to Chelsea Rexinger, the technical editor for this season of Fables. Chelsea has GM'd and appeared as a player on almost every past Fables season, and she plays Royale on Cape Chronicles. And she makes nerdy candles at her Etsy store, where you can even have her create a custom candle for your D&D character. You can check them out at etsy.com shop slash plot kindling candles. Lastly, as I said at the top, I am Nick Yurisiva, your humble warden. I am the GM of Tales of the Voidfarer, our any nominated D&D 5e Spelljammer podcast. I've also been on Fable Season's Curse, Lost, Super, and I play Quasi-Raptor on Cape Chronicles. Special thanks to the band Highland Rose for use of their song Before I Disappear off the EP Dark Times. If you like this show and all the other content we create here at Project Derailed, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash projectderailed. And also join us on the Project Derailed Discord at projectderailed.com slash discord. And be sure to follow us on social media, now including threads at Table Fables Podcast. There is only one episode of Continuum left. See you next time. Good morning, crew. It is 0214 Earth Standard Time on October 7, 2133. At a solar orbit of positioning error. Your wake-up song is Before I Disappear by Highland Rose, 2021. Jack and B, you wake up in your stasis pods as well. Ava reads you the time. Tells you your wake-up song is Before I Disappear by Highland Rose, 2021. And here we go again. On our own? Going down the only road we've ever known? <laughs> Jack will very resignedly open the uh, the lid, wipe off the slime, realize that clearly what made last loot bad was that he forgot the beer. <laughs> um, and so he will just grab one out, crack it against the side, Look over at Delphine's pod to see if it is still fucked, even though he knows that it is. Yes, she is still, like, seizing rapid eye movement under her lids, and you're hearing the muffled sound of the memory desync happening over and over and over again. I think Jack is uh, 
gonna start making his way to grab equipment like he did with B previously. B gets out of her pod. Fuck! Fuck him! And um, hits something nearby. And she looks over at Delphine's pod, like also to check, kind of like Jack did. But at, like the moment that she sees that like Delphine's still in there seizing, like she just tears her eyes away, like like she can't look at it. And she goes after Jack. Seabold. Well, Seabold takes his time getting out of his pod. Takes kind of a deep breath. Doesn't really say anything. And starts putting Delphine's pod into stasis mode, so she stops seizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it takes like 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of stops after that, stands up, and kind of like pats the the front of the pod. Hopefully I see you soon. And goes off after Jack. Seabold mm-hmm. and B, you follow Jack. Like B hasn't noticed Seabold. Because she's, like, laser-locked on Jack. I'm going to fucking kill him. I'm going after him. I'm going to kill him. We have to get to him. All right, all right, but hang on, because if we just go right back there, he's just going to fucking depressurize it again. There's no there's no point. There has to be some way. I oh, can't. no. No, no, no. Don't. Never you worry. We're, uh... No, we can go after him. But I think we need to find one of them red key cards first so we can go have the same uh, override access he's got. Motherfucker. You know, a thought occurs. A uh, thought occurs. Jack's gonna call Gavin. Or try to, anyway. I don't know how space communication works. Uh, I think under normal circumstances, it would relay through, like, a comm hub. So even though you and Gavin are on the same station, um, calling just yeah. over your hand terminal like you normally would would still not work. Okay. That's what I wanted to check, to see if it, like, routed through the Omninet or whatever. Um, just because that would have been really funny. If if you had a way to communicate through the station systems, then it would work. Interesting. Because the station, like it's like the lo- local network versus you know, it, you know, internet versus intranet. Yeah, yeah. If only there were some sort of computer terminal network that was in <clears throat> most of the major rooms inside the space station. If <clears throat> only. We'll all get away for later. Jack will look over at B and say, Hey, uh, you want to pack up some of those shotguns, though? By which I mean the shotgun. <laughs> what else am I grabbing? Uh, you know, I wouldn't mind a spare revolver again, just in case. I think the foam gun was a good idea. Uh, how big are the, um, not the EVA suits, but the smaller suit for yeah, outside work? Yeah, like the flight suits. Yeah. Yeah, they're not too terribly big. They're pretty slim fitting. Okay. The, the helmet is bulky, but it's not much bigger than, like, a motorcycle helmet. Okay. If, uh, if you wouldn't mind grabbing one of those flat suits for each of us, we'll just go ahead and get into them so that uh, we can go through the, uh, the depressurized module without, well, doing what we just did. Um. Um, I know we want the two extra emergency beacons so I can make sure everybody's got one. I thought it was uh, three. Well, I have one, and there's three on the ship, and I want to make sure the ship still has one just in case. And Seabold is on your guys' heels, you notice, after like a minute or so. Excellent. Here's a question. Does uh, does our standard battle dress fit under or over the flight suit, or is it a one or the other kind of deal? It's a one or the other sort of deal. Oh, of course it is. Okay. Um, Jack looks over at B and is like, well, I think, uh, I think we might need to go in a little uh, 
lighter than usual. But on the other hand, I mean, if, if we're going to get got, I guess we're just going to get got. Um, put it in your backpack, maybe. But Jack will uh, strip off his normal stuff and start putting on a flight suit. All right. B, you're grabbing your weapons. You're grabbing a, uh, a flight suit as well? Yes. They're IVA suits as opposed to EVA suits. Unless you want to grab any uh, an EVA suit and, uh, you know, a full vac suit. Uh, stick with IVA. You're going to have more maneuver- maneuverability in it. Mm-hmm. IVA suit, shotgun, foam gun. Jack, grab the beacons and the revolver. Yeah, I'll pass them out to you guys. Yeah. Seabold, you get into the, you get down here to the deck and uh, Jack hands you an emergency beacon. I'll grab the welder, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jack, look over at Seabold. Hey, uh, hey, Seabold, where's that? Where's that big fucking harpoon gun you keep carrying around? The, uh, the rigging gun. Uh, shouldn't it be in this room? Yep. I think Jack has no object permanence. <laughs> Mood. Seabold so, would just be like, ah, it's just, it's right here. And he'll just kind of grab it and hold it up and want me to take it. Yeah, I think, uh, I think bringing that along just in case, especially if we're going to go out into a depressurized uh, module where we might have situations where we might not be able to control if we're uh, exposed to the deep vastness of space. Having a gun that can launch into the bulkhead and bring you back is uh, maybe a good idea. That makes sense to me. Oh, wait, is that is that what happened, like, just now? No. No, actually, yeah, let me fill you in. Again? For you? Uh, no, the motherfuckers. <laughs> that... Yeah, B shoots him a really dirty look. Yeah, uh, <laughs> god, god damn. Uh, would Seabolt have met Gavin? Uh, probably not. Okay. Seabolt, you know how, uh, you know how me and B hate Valkyrie, right? Uh-huh. One of the reasons why we hate Valkyrie is because this dumb motherfucker named Gavin Price who is the guy who owns uh, the debt on B's arm. He's responsible for uh, hushing us up about an incident that happened a long time ago. He's a big piece of shit is what he is. And you know, I thought for just a just a hot and spicy second that maybe he might have been, I don't know, interested in working in the great spirit of camaraderie or something, trying to get off this fucking rock. But, um... No, no, he just, uh, he did what all corporate assholes do and saw people from the working class trying to, trying to make sure they don't die, and, uh, he killed us instead. So, uh, anyway, yeah, he's a piece of shit. Uh, he's, and then Jack describes what he looks like. If you see that guy, which probably won't unless we go around to the escape pod area, but, uh, if you see that guy, just punch him right in the dick. Can do. We'll give him one of these right in the dick and kind of lifts up the grappling gun. Fuck yeah. I, you know, perfect. All right. All right, we all suited up and equipped. We've done our uh, Guy Ritchie equip sequence. And you didn't waste any time either, so I'm considering all of that scene one. So you're in scene two now, having geared up and ready to enter the station. Cool. Uh, we do that. Cool. Yeah, you enter into ADC-6B, see the corpse of Ira floating there, and then continue into the crew commons module to see the bunch of corpsec bodies floating around in there and the massive Coppola window that views the black hole. Yeah. And you go up a deck and head to the left to module seven, the C-Hab. 
Entering into there, you see a long, basically single room module. The deck that you enter on slopes down in stairs to a lower deck in the middle. And you can see rows and rows of stasis pods to either side. And then the stairs go back up to the same level deck on the other side to exit into PMA 87. And there's lockers that line the walls to either side on the deck that you're in. And then you see that there is ladders that go up to like a hygiene area and storage further above. It seems that this is where the crew gets basically put into hibernation when they're off duty and then has everything they need to gear up and clean up before and after. Wipe off the cryo slime, as Jack likes to say. And uh, at the bottom of the steps in the middle of the module, you see an Isaac terminal. All right, let's hit that thing and... I think uh, we have some some folks who have some things that other folks don't have. Probably be a good idea to see if we can uh, shore that up so everybody's got everything. Yep. Yep. I'm on board. Make our way downtown. He follows. You float your way over there. And while you're here, you can't actually turn on the gravity. I was thinking about that, too, once we're at the terminal. Because that way, we know that we'll have a better chance. Yeah. You could do all the things you want to do on this Isaac terminal in this seat. Cool. Then let's do it. That sounds like a good use of a scene. Um, yep. So that's sink the fobs, turn on the gravity, and sink the gravity to all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Jack, do you want to reach out to Gavin? Uh, we'll do that last. Okay. So Seabold's going to have to make a hacking check to copy orange clearance to be. If you make the same check, all in one check, you can also freely copy the audio logs that you've synced. And we should also trigger the audio log for this one, because I don't think we have the one for seven. We do not. Did you sync the one in module two? Uh... I don't know that we said that we did. I I know in my head the intention was we are doing that with each of these, but if that's something that requires a hacking roll every time to do it, I know Jack couldn't have done it. No, you don't have to roll a hacking roll. The way Seabald hacked it the last time, you can just do that. Cool. Um, when you find it, if you want. So we could say you synced to. That was my intention, so I, I appreciate. Yeah. I get, man, you're you're being real gracious on these little things. Mm-hmm. Makes me think that perhaps bad <laughs> things will happen. But what are all these health packs doing here? Yeah. Yeah. Nothing bad's going to happen. Totally. All right. Um, by my notes, the only one that you previously synced was the one in the greenhouse 4B. Because I think that was the only one you went to since having the ability to sync the audio logs. Yeah, that sounds right. Something to keep in mind for the hope that we get out of here and if we want to have the information. Mm-hmm. We're going to want to grab the ones we've already listened to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to add anything for this hack check? Um, so you're rolling an intellect check. You mm-hmm. can add hacking if you have it. Um, I, don't, I don't have hacking. I just have computers. Oh, yeah, then computers. Okay, cool. What was your hacking check? So I had a 58 and I got a 44. Hell yeah! Hell yeah. You're able to do the thing. Um, So B, you now have orange clearance and everybody now has a copy of audio logs from uh, module two and module 4B. What about the gravity? Yeah, you can transfer that. Now you still have to like transfer those files to Isaac to activate them, but like that'll just all be part of the check required to do that. Cool. It's it's like not a hacking check at that point. Mm-hmm. It's just like copy files, run the exe. <laughs> is that the extra stuff I get for the crit? Oh, was it a crit? It was a crit. Yeah, forty-four. Oh shit! Mm-hmm. I was gonna include that all anyway because I was. I nice. know. Um, let's see. Let's see. With that hacking check, you've actually gained more access to Isaac systems at this particular terminal. Okay. 
and you could potentially kind of root around and look at stuff and maybe try to control stuff from here. Okay. You've like cracked the thing completely open. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Um, yeah, I will, uh, what's this, Isaac? And kind of see if there's uh, anything I can kind of find in there as I'm saying that. You see a directory of all the modules in the station. You see directories for all the different subsystems, crew health care system, environmental control and life support system with all kinds of readings, computers and data management, which is where you have to go to get Ira's information. Let's see, uh, security camera systems. Mm-hmm. You have full access. You have Seagraph. Uh, uh, you can actually access the Seagraph here without even having to copy the file because you hacked so good. Okay. So you could flip that switch back on it right now if you want. Uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and flip that. And then uh, say, uh, anybody want to put eyes on anything in particular? I've got access to the whole camera system now. Oh, yeah. We should um, look at maybe uh, 8, 9, and 10 just to see what we're coming up on. All right. Let's look at 8 first. Okay. There is no signal. Okay. All right. Let's try number 2. Uh Oh, wait, you're uh, module two or option two? I was just saying, like, let's try number two, and then I'm flipping yeah. to nine, yeah? Door number two. Yeah, this, that's not confusing yeah. at all. Yeah, door number two, <laughs> but it's really module nine. Uh, yeah, you flip open to module nine, and you see a series of images. A lot of lab space. You see basically workstations with computer monitors and uh, various, like, glass boxes, you know, with the gloves that go in to do experiments. Um, you see two cameras of two separate, like, basically they look like operating rooms. And uh, you actually see that there is a body floating in one of them. You see there's a few other bodies around the lab, uh, but you do see that there's somebody alive in there who seems to be, like, working furiously on a terminal. And he's dressed like a scientist. Do I have access to talk to that person? Yeah. Shit, we should see if he's okay. Because everybody else here has been so kind to us every time we talk to him. (laughs) At least this one can't fucking kill us. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Siebel's just going to initiate communication and just go, uh, hello? You watch on the camera as, like, an indicator light pops up on the console he's working on, and he looks at it and cocks his head, and hesitates for a second and then reaches out and touches the indicator light hello hey who is this uh you know that's really not important uh so like you know do you need do you need help fixing that thing because you know that fusion generator is about to blow up but do you need some help figuring it out i how all the systems seem normal Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know it. Yeah, I I think let's just say I know what's gonna happen and like it's not good, so So I uh, where are you on this uh, station? Mm, I'm in module seven. Well, there's it's not safe there. Why is that? Oh, you mean the alien creature thing? Yeah, yeah, we've met that thing before. Yes. It was just here. It left. Uh, through the ducting heading that way around the station. You're in grave danger. Yeah, yeah, I, I know that. And, and like, so are you. I mean, like, is that thing's totally going to, like, blow you, up? You uh, seem... I, listen, I don't have time to talk to you. I, it's... You're not going to believe me, but I have reason to believe that we are in a time loop. <laughs> yeah, I mean... He barks out a laugh. <laughs> I mean, okay, cool. At least you know about it, too. I mean, hey, so, like, you know... 
we've also been in the time loop, so hey, so I mean like, um, so, Fatima, yeah. You're able to perceive the time loop? Yeah, I wish I couldn't, you know, it actually, so, but yep, we, so, we all do. You know the reactor's about to explode, that, um, yeah. So, uh, how many times have we met before? Uh, this is, this is the first time. The first time. Um, okay, uh, how many loops has there been? Uh, several. Uh, like ten? Enough. <laughs> okay, good. And so your actor explodes every loop? Yep, as far as I know. Good. And he hangs up. What? Fucking good? Oh. What the fuck? Okay. Okay. You're continuing to watch him on the camera, and he is grabbing something out of a yellow case off of a rack. And he opens it, and you see him pull out a green object, oh. and he's heading towards module 10. Oh, no. Okay. Um, uh, Jack will poke over at the Isaac terminal. Isaac, can you, uh, can you patch us through to, uh, Dr. Schreiber's hand terminal? That's his name, right? Yeah. Uh, he didn't say this, but you you, recon- you recognized mm-hmm. his voice. Yeah. Isaac says, certainly, contacting Dr. Schreiber's hand terminal. And you see it ping, and he answers it, and he goes, I don't have time nope, if what you d- said is true. Nope, I need don't to put that, what I'm doing. Don't put that quantum bullshit object in the fusion generator. I swear to God, just, just hang on a minute. It will hopefully get us out of the loop. Uh, it hasn't before. That is expected. Adding enough energy release to the system will potentially create quantum fluctuations so that on the recursive loops we may the the entire station may be at a safe distance from the black hole next loop are you trying to tell us that every time this thing blows up it moves it ever so slightly farther away from the black hole i have no way of knowing that but creating enough of an energy release cause enough uncertainty in the system that there will be quantum fluctuations. Have you noticed anything small happening different loop to loop? Something that happened that didn't happen on the previous loop. I can't actually remember the loops. Would it make sense in Seabold's mind that this blowing up of this fusion generator could have potentially caused this issue with the stasis pod? There's no way to prove that for sure, but it's entirely possible based on what he's saying. Honestly, that's, I think, the only thing we can prove has changed. Can you can you give us any kind of access code or anything so we can we can look at it? Because we're the only people who can detect the, the, the differences because we're the only people who are conscious of them. If you can give us any kind of way to get into Isaac to, to check these things, then the next loop around we can contact you and we can tell you whether or not it works. These instruments are too important to be tied into Isaac systems that would invite uh, potential uh, corruption to this data. Um, they're only accessible here in this module. And uh, module 8, but not anymore. Okay. For obvious reasons. When did that alien show up uh, where you were? When you said it was coming towards uh, where we are in Seahab, when, about how long ago was that? I, I don't know. Uh, uh, th- 30 minutes ago? Okay. Point is, uh, I mean, you're gonna forget this again soon, but we're the time loop's about 72 minutes long. If we can uh, just right from the get go, go ahead and move our uh, move our ship over there, start off closer to you, and that means that uh, maybe that means we can not be in the path of that thing when it comes here. Um, that makes sense to me. All right, is there any sort of uh, 
I don't know, a- any sort of thing that if we were to say to you out of nowhere, you would uh, implicitly trust us, like some sort of uh, some sort of cheat code to get your trust here. Um, <laughs> a perfectly normal thing that someone would say in real life. I mean, I can tell you something that uh, only I would know. Uh, then being able to recount that to me will prove that we spoke on the previous loop. That yes, that that would be great. What is something that only you know and is important enough that if someone out of nowhere said, "Hey, trust us. Here's our proof," what what would that be? He thinks about that. Yeah, fuck you, Nick. You get to do some improv now. Yeah. <laughs> There's a pause, and he says, "You can tell me the name Leonard Newman, then I will know you are serious." All right. Well, um, best of luck, and we'll, uh, I guess we'll talk, we'll meet again for the first time here soon enough. And do everybody here a favor and stop blowing up the fusion generator. You have no idea what it's doing. That is the only way I can think of to stop this. I swear to fucking God. And he hangs up. I'm going to say with this conversation and everything, we've now encroached into uh, scene three. Okay. Um, You still have not listened to the audio log on this terminal. Oh, well, let's do that. I have an audio log here. Would you like me to play it? Yep. Yeah, please. All right, Winston. Tell me again what happened. About Zawadi? I already told you everything. I'm sorry. I'd like to hear it again if you don't mind. Okay. Well, Zawadi and I had gotten pretty close since we both started here about the same time. Uh, To clarify, that's Zawadi Martin. Yeah. Us roughnecks got to stick together, you know? That we do. But anyway... One day, Zawadi came to me a little spooked. She said that she had been talking with Wayne a few days prior. Wayne Dodson. He said he was looking forward to winning back his credits from her if they play poker on next month's day off. Then the next day, he was gone. Labor Resources said he had put in a transfer request weeks ago. I see. Zawadi said she had already heard something similar had happened with Joel Clean in the galley. But then, Zawadi herself went missing the very next day. This time, LR said she was promoted to a supervisor position planet side of Mars HQ. There's no way she would have left without saying goodbye. We... we had a connection. Well, I'm afraid your worries are founded. I'm sorry. promise you, though, that I'll do everything I can to see that justice is served. Ira? Are... are you recording this? I... I don't want to get into any trouble. It'll be okay. I promise. I'll go ahead and sync that audio log. Yep. So you will now all have a copy of this on your CNIs. All right. Well, we could keep pressing into module eight, but we know that the creature is somewhere nearby. Mm-hmm. Um, we could block off the door to eight, like with foam gun or something, the welder, and um, make sure that it can't get through here. That would be a fun and interesting twist. Now you did. He did say that the creature is heading your direction through the ductwork. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh right. Uh, maybe we should foam the ducts in this room. <laughs> there are many. <laughs> oh shit! It's, of course it is. You know, it's it's a warehouse-sized building, basically. You know, it has many many air vents. <laughs> should we uh, see if your dickhead is in an escape pod or? Oh yeah, right. Uh before before we call dickhead uh-huh. hey hey Siebel, I don't suppose with uh with your high level access of Isaac 
you might just be able to spoof a red clearance onto our CNI or anything, is there? Is there like, do they have very bad OPSEC and have, uh, you know, the, the red level data clearance files hidden somewhere in, like, the security section or something? Mm. Would I? Uh, no, that does not seem possible. Mm. No. No. I definitely need a physical fob here. That's a shame. Yeah. Expected, but still a shame. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, um, Seabold, I'm going to give you a piece of information that you would have gotten when you were rooting through Isaac's systems. Uh-huh. You found the full personnel list, and the records show that Edsel Schreiber has mm-hmm. a red-level security clearance. Oh, beautiful. All right, and just real quick, but as we call this guy, I don't suppose uh, your access through Isaac has any sort of way to, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, completely detach uh, module 02B or anything just in case he gets snippy with us. How funny. I was just thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, if we can chuck him into a black hole, that would be just just very cathartic. You know, I am here for that petty bullshit. <laughs> so, looking in the systems, Seabold, you see that the only thing like that is a routine to sever module 10B from the station at EEPMA 10B. Um, None of the other PMAs are set up to be able to disconnect like that computer controlled. That's the fusion generator. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. You imagine it's a safety issue. Mm -hmm. Like they can inject the module in the event that the, it's going to melt down basically. In fact, EEPMA stands for explosive eject pressurized mating adapter. Good to know for later, in case we gotta, I don't know, chuck the thing into the black hole or whatever. Do we really want to let him blow up the fusion generator? I mean, I mean, we don't, we don't know if it's been doing anything. I guess there's only, the only way we can find out is to let him do it and check in with him next time, I guess. I mean, I'll tell you that thing that happened with Delphine's pod shouldn't have happened. That's true. And if that's the case, if if he's really trying to keep doing this to introduce some kind of chaos into the system to let us get out, I mean, that is something that is different. I don't know if I want to risk that happening to me or you or B. I mean, we may not have much of a choice if we ever want to get out of here. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we shouldn't be doing it now before we at least know a little bit more. All right. Well, I mean, if you want to jettison the fusion generator... <laughs> We could, uh, we could definitely make sure he doesn't do it. Great, glad you agree. And Seabold oh, hits shit. the button because he's already <laughs> prepped to do it. <laughs> okay, you do it. Uh, and there's like three levels of... Are you sure you want to perform this action? <laughs> Are you sure? Are you super sure? Are you very sure? <laughs> Command confirmed. Detonating EEPMA 10B. Error. EEPMA 10B non-responsive. You son of a bitch. And in fact, you remember hearing mentioned offhandedly in the last audio log from last episode that there was an anomalous reading given EE PMA 10B that the head of ops was having the crew look into. Oh, yeah. Of course. It is as though you had foreseen this exact course of action. (laughs) But Seabold did not think about that. Um, Seabold, it occurs to you. Mm Mm-hmm. That if you didn't know that that was the case, Dr. Schreiber mm-hmm. probably didn't know that was the case. And also, you remember 
when you've seen the station from the ship at a distance, after the reactor had blown, it has destroyed Module 10 almost entirely as well. And you wonder if maybe that's not what the good doctor has intended with his course of action. Uh, Makes sense. Well, we'll check in with him next time. (laughs) (laughs) On Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Uh, This whole time, like, since finding out that the alien was on the way through the ductwork, like, B has been trying to keep the shotgun ready and aimed towards any of the ducks that she can see. Like, she's, she's on alert. Yeah. And gravity's probably at about 75% now. So you're now, like, standing, but you kind of have to use your mag boots to have any sort of coordination because it's still kind of, like, you know, a little weird. And at that point, the entire station shakes and all the emergency power lights. Red lights now are glowing everywhere. All right. Well, we know the uh, we know the creature's somewhere nearby because it likes to pop up sometime just after this. I'm sure this doesn't need confirmed, but just to confirm... It happened a little later this time, right? Maybe minutes, but not that much later. We did slow the doctor down, I suppose. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, you know what? I tell you what. Why don't we uh why don't why don't we give Gavin a call real quick? That'll be fun. All right. Which I guess I don't know. Can we try and reach out to his hand terminal just like we did with uh with the doctor? Mm-hmm. Cool. That's exactly how. You don't have to roll for it because Seabold's already cracked this terminal, this loop. Radical. <laughs> do the hand terminals ring? Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> Already on the line. <laughs> Isaac, go ahead and make a call for uh, fucking Gavin, what's his face? You know his name. Contacting the hand terminal of Gavin Price. And then it rings. <laughs> Price, okay. Cool. cool. Uh, yeah, B, do you want to you do the honors or you want me to... Try and talk to him for a second. Allow me. <laughs> Hello? Jack looks at B. Price, this is Beatrice Saunders and Jack Pilsner. B and Jack. Fancy running into you two here. You have a habit of getting yourselves into trouble, don't you? Mark my words, we're gonna rip off your head and shit down your fucking throat, you fucking corporate snake! She hangs up. <laughs> <laughs> I literally don't care about anything else. <laughs> Click. <laughs> Jack, was that uh, was that the type of message you were expecting? I mean, expecting, yeah. Um, <laughs> look, we've we've hit our Duke Nukem quota. Like, we're we're good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you know, frankly, that's fine. Well, uh, yeah, we'll we'll try. Call, call him on the next time. loop. Yeah, we'll we'll do better. Hey, hey, uh, Seabull, before we start fucking around here and or you know die, I don't suppose there's any way to to uh, just put down that process that you use to, to hack this thing so it's a little bit easier for you next time, is it? Uh, Nick? Um, it's not possible to save what you did because it wasn't a program. You had to, like, actually, like, do stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's not something you can, like, automate right easily and save to your CNI. But I will say you can, like, almost like a notes app on your CNI, like, jot down some notes that might make it easier for next time. Sure. And then that translates to, I'll let you roll with advantage next time. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'll just take down some notes. We'll go from there. Fair enough. Isaac, is is uh, is Gavin actually uh, in the escape pods right now? Where is he at? Uh, Gavin Price is located in Module 2B, which is the escape pod array. Okay. 
Hey, Isaac, can you uh, depressurize Module 02B for me? I'm sorry. Such actions would require red-level security clearance. Well, Seabold has access to the full computer systems. It doesn't necessarily grant clearance for certain actions. Mm -hmm. You know, I, in my heart of hearts, I knew, but also I desperately wanted. Uh B, at that point, you see movement out of the corner of your eye coming from PMA 87. I shoot it. (laughs) You just turn and... (laughs) All right. (laughs) Make a combat roll. Oh, no, it was the doctor. (laughs) Shoot first, ask questions later. Well, every time I've tried to get the jump on it, other than literally that one time, it's gotten the better of us first. So I don't think B's hesitating. I mean, I don't blame you for this strategy. I can add firearms, I'm assuming? Yes. Yay. Well, that was an 84, which uh, I needed to beat a E3. You knew. Okay. Yeah, you turn in time to see the creature pushing itself out of an air vent in PMA 87, and you fire just as it pops out, falling at almost full speed to the ground. But you not being used to being under gravity, aim too high, putting a scattershot bullet holes in the far wall of PMA 87. Does that cause a hull breach? Let's see with dice. Mm. No, it doesn't. But yeah, you miss it, and it lands on the ground, reaching out its tentacles to grab the the corners of the door, and it kind of launches itself at you guys. I would like to grip and rip a emergency beacon. Okay. To chuck it in its general direction to distract it. Yeah, you pull it and you toss it. Let's see. Um, Go ahead and just make me a speed roll just to gauge the placement of your throw. That was a 68, which I believe is a failure. Okay. Yeah, so you're shooting to throw it into PMA 87, so it has to go away from you to get to it. Right. And it hits the bulkhead frame and bounces back, landing at B's feet. Oh, shit. Kick it. (laughs) Yep, I do. Okay, you're going to kick it. Uh, I need uh, you to make a speed check. Can I add athletics? It's like kicking a soccer Yes, you can add athletics. I'll allow that. Hell yeah. 72 out of 42. Yeah. I need you to follow that up with the body save. Mm. I hate this game. <laughs> 89! That does, yeah. No, what happened? Do I die? Do I just die right there? What happened? <laughs> so the creature lunges, and the object is close enough to B that it focuses on B and it jumps and wraps its tentacles around you and you feel your muscles begin to pulse and seize as it's now giving you a hug. Uh, You take 37 damage. Okay, and how much does the IVA suit absorb? Oh, uh, IVA suit, it's the same as a Vax suit. Three. I take 34, that is two full wounds. I'm on my last one. Okay. Leave me, run, before I shoot you. Yep, already ahead of you. <laughs> and Seabold is is turning and fucking running now since we have, what, I don't know, enough gravity that we could probably run, like, full speed. Yeah, probably at, like, 80%. Sure. I'm going to try to have Isaac, like, close the door, like, on my way out. 
Yeah, you, I mean, you could do that. You won't be at the terminal where you have full access, sure. but you have the clearance to shut the door behind you and even seal it because you have orange level clearance. Yeah. So yeah, you start heading towards PMA 76. Do you want to wait for Jack to get the... <laughs> Do you want to wait for uh, I mean, I'm gonna turn and I'm gonna get to the door, and, I'm, and when I when I like turn back before I seal the door, I'm gonna see if Jack's coming. Uh, yeah, um, Jack's Jack's gonna book it. Okay, this thing is still wrapping up and, and preoccupied with B. She shouts for you to run, and you book it. Yeah, Seabull's just like, I'm sorry, B, and uh, locks the door, uh, you know, seals it, and then uh, continues on and. Uh, yeah, we, we should probably just start grabbing a bunch of shit. I mean, yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what shit we're going to grab to do anything about it, but... I mean, you know, uh, not to fight, but, like, evidence, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. Uh, I guess we just keep running as far as uh, far away from that thing as we can. Just move through as many modules as we can, as we can get to. You found all of these before, but you can sync them. You haven't synced any except for 4B, 7, and 2. Oh, yeah. Well, let's let's do that. Yeah. So you head to the uh, Isaac terminal in module six, and you can sync that on the scene. Cool. B, you start to feel your body seizing, but it hasn't asserted control yet. It hasn't? No. I tried to shoot the creature on my head. Okay. Like, with the combat shotgun? Mm-hmm. So you're kind of trying to, like, hold the shotgun vertically against your body and, like, shoot past your head. Not trying to shoot past my head. I am trying to shoot my head. Oh, wow. Isn't this a turn? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you don't need to roll for that. Okay. Jack and Seabold, you're able to sync the audio log in module six. Cool. Which was the investor meeting. And you hear the distant sound of a shotgun blast. Um. Did I do any damage? <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely would have dealt a wound to the creature. Hell yeah. Okay, let's keep on running to... You said we have not done the one in five, correct? No. Uh, interestingly, there are also rooms in five we haven't been in, correct? Yes. You know that there is a second... Isaac terminal in there, but you don't know if it counts as a separate machine or not, or if it has its own audio log. Sure. Okay. It may not. It may just be one audio log per module. It's in StatSec, right? The one you have was from StatSec. Okay. You, you did not do anything with the Isaac terminal in medical. Okay. We Okay, we should check that. And also, there's the, the secret offices at the top of the stairs in the other offices. Yes, there's stairs that go up from both offices. Yeah. All right, Seabold, there's two of us. There's uh, there's two secret offices, and we should be able to get into them. How about we uh, go check that and the second Isaac terminal just in case? Uh, Yep, and Seabold says that as he's sealing the door for PMA 6-5. Also that, yeah. Yeah, you enter into 5, you enter through medical, you see the, the door to Satsec 30, 40 feet in front of you, and there is stairs that go up to the medical office on your left when you come in. Yeah. There's also um, a ladder that goes down into the morgue, which you've not gone into. Right. And wouldn't it be funny to just not go in the morgue this entire game? You don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> uh, not everywhere is important. That's fair. <laughs> um, all right, Seabold, I'll go and check out this office uh, if you want to hit the second one. And uh, Jack will start running up the stairs. 
yeah, you run up to the stairs. You've been in this office before. This is where you found a fire extinguisher and a bottle of saline solution. Hell yeah. Yeah. You see the Isaac terminal and you see uh, stairs that ascend further up. All right. Uh, I'm going to access the Isaac terminal to see if there is an extra audio log here to uh, to grab and sync. Uh, there is not an extra audio. Okay. Then fuck it. <laughs> I will continue <laughs> on to the secret door. Yeah. You go up there. It requires yellow clearance on this side and it is medical storage. Cool. I will continue on in uh, just just to see. Yeah. Um, you see a bunch of compartments all labeled and numbered and all that stuff, and you find anything and everything from, you know, simple first aid to kind of hard narcotics up here. Hmm. Interesting oh, point. Dear. Oh, no. Like, including medical equipment. Like, there's some spare defibrillators up here. There's oxygen tanks. There's various monitoring devices. Andy would be able to probably tell you more about what's in here than I can. <laughs> you say that. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Are we in a version of the space future that has, uh, like, that foaming wound spray that yeah. you can spray in wounds to yeah. stop things? Yeah. I think I would like to grab a couple things of that, mm-hmm. as many of the spare defibrillators as I can. Mm-hmm. That I mean, now that we have gravity, things are actually heavy again. Um, yes. The defibrillator cases are like, you know, 18 inches by like 10 inches and probably like six inches deep. Mm, that's it true. probably weighs four pounds. Yeah. Is there any sort of like a like medical duffel bag or anything that I can shove some stuff into just to have it? Not a duffel bag, but there's like hard cases. Okay. They're not yellow like you saw the one Gavin had and you saw the one in the lab, but they're actually red uh, because they're they're for medical. Got it. I was just trying to think of like, you know, a backpack or something to carry some stuff around, but uh, no backpacks. Rip. Okay. Uh yeah, I will I'll grab some of the wound things. Um I will grab a defibrillator sure. and you know, is there uh, adrenaline? Like a like adrenaline uh, syringes? Like an EpiPen? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, there'd be stuff like that. Just, you know, just in case. Um, this is Left 4 Dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Left 4 Dead 2. <laughs> I'm just, you know... Peel's here! Yeah, the thing is, right, like, Jack is not, like, a combat character, but he's not not a combat character, right? Right, no, like, yeah, no, totally. He's just not trained in it. He's the closest we get after uh-huh. B. <laughs> Most of the 80s action heroes aren't combat people either until they have to be. Exactly. That's true. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's probably enough looting in here. Okay. Uh, Seabold, you head into StatSec, passing through um, Deco 51 b StatSec HQ, and you go up to 052B, um, which is the StatSec office. You see the Isaac Terminal in here. This is, you know, head of SEC, Lawrence Johnson's office. Um, you see his name placard on his desk, and there's stairs that go up further to Weapons Locker. Uh, Seabold's just going to double check at the Isaac Terminal real quick. Hey, bud, got any audio logs here? Uh, yeah, there is one, and you sync it. You already listened to it. This was when you learned about the mysterious unidentified ship arriving. Ah, yes. Yeah. Okay. The one that uh, Tom voiced uh, the character for. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Mike Delacroix. Cool. Okay. And then uh, Seabold continues on to the door up the stairs. Okay. Yeah, you head up to the weapons locker. It opens with your orange clearance, and you see that there are tons and tons of black hard cases labeled Valkyrie security, and there are all kinds of weapons. And a lot of riot gear. There's probably half a dozen sets of standard battle dress. You see that uh, there is actually even one set of advanced battle dress. 
and you see that there is basically every kind of weapon you can think of, there's at least one of. And the the kind of simpler weapons, there are a handful of. Sure. Um, there is, in fact, another combat shotgun up here. Okay. Uh, and Seabolt will just kind of click over the communicator for Jack and be like, uh, if you want to arm yourself, there's a lot of things here. I mean, yeah, if... Uh... You got any combat shotguns or grenades? Uh, you know, that'd be just that'd be great if, if we can uh, prepare for war. I mean, you can prepare for war. I'm I'm not about to do that shit. But he'll grab the, a combat shotgun and uh, try to see if there's some grenades. I imagine they wouldn't have grenades, but I don't know. They shouldn't have grenades. <laughs> there are smoke grenades and flashbangs. Okay. <laughs> He's just going to grab a, a flashbang and leave it at that. Fair. And I imagine you guys reconvene in the main part of Module 5. Yeah, we can trade a couple things around. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll pass over some of the um, wound closure things, just you know, just in case we get shot. I guess keeping an eye behind us to see if the thing is coming. Yeah, sounds we good. Keep on moving to Module... Well, we already got the one in 4, right? We got the one in 4B, right? You got 4B, you didn't get 4. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Then I guess we'll move into four. You move back into um, environmental control and life support systems. All the pipes and water and everywhere. Um, this is where B had her standoff with the creature last time. And you can get to the Isaac terminal and sink that. Sure. And if that's one we haven't listened to, we'll play that too. Uh, you have listened to this one. This was IT specialist Ning Hayashi talking about the CNI sync security program. Right. Cool. Before I seal the door for 5-4... I'm actually just going to drop a beacon in there and then seal the door. Yeah, so you drop the beacon just in time to see the door to PMA 65 open. And before you can shut this door, you see a horrific sight. Mm-hmm. Staggering in zombie-like is most of B. The creature still wrapped around her neck and torso Bits of it blown off. You can see that parts of it are torn. It's missing more than a few tentacles. But you also see B is missing half of her head. <sighs> and with one arm, kind of haphazardly and spasming, raises the combat shotgun. Oh, no, 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 no. Shuts door. <laughs> okay. Nick, if, if you could see me right now, you would understand just how angry <laughs> I am at you right now. <laughs> <laughs> This is the exact opposite of what I wanted. Yeah, it'd be like that. Oh, it'd be like that? It'd, it'd be, be like, like that? that. <laughs> I mean, to your credit, you did slow down the monster quite a bit. <laughs> okay. And then you guys, uh, I imagine Jack is syncing that audio log while you're doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. um, and that's when you start hearing music. <laughs> Jack's going to be like, well doesn't hurt to get as far away from it as we can and he'll just keep running towards the other door until he wakes up again yep and you do memory defense detected download complete memory good morning crew it is 0214 earth standard time on october 7 2133 at a solar orbit of positioning error. Your wake-up song is Before I Disappear by Highland Rose, 2021. All three of you wake up again on the stasis deck of the clusterfuck. You see Delphine is still not waking up. 
stuck in the loop of her memory desync downlinks. Ironically, out of one loop into another. Uh, I mean, we, we know the drill. Jack opens the thing, wipes off the cryo slime, grabs the beer. Um, we saw what happens when you don't. Yeah. Yeah, he can't change it now. No, there's too much, too much chaos. And he says, all right, guys, uh, you know the drill. Uh, we'll talk about uh, talk about what everybody found here as we're uh, as we're moving the ship. And Jack will start heading towards uh, the the pilot seat. Okay. Um, Jack heads up to move the ship. Doing it immediately like this, moving the ship can be scene one, and uh, that leaves B and Seabold to gear up. Yeah. Beebold. Beebold. Hate that. I also hate it. That's implying a ship that doesn't exist. No. <laughs> so. Never. Yeah. Seabold immediately starts getting shit done. Seabold is in, I'm doing whatever it takes to get the fuck out of here as quickly as possible mode. Can you take a second to put Delphine back to rest for now? Yeah, no, he, he gets out of the pod and immediately starts going into the motions of putting her in stasis and all that good stuff. Yeah. B is completely silent getting out of the stasis pod. She and Seabold go down to deck 10 once Delphine's in stasis. Yeah, that's definitely Seabolt's plan. So she is completely silent. She says absolutely nothing. So as we're getting the equipment in the weapons locker, Seabolt's going to say, are you are you sure you want to take this? And he kind of, you know, rests his hand on the combat shotgun. B's been keeping pretty, like, turned away from you the whole time while getting stuff together. And, like, when she turns, you can see there are tears in her eyes just like starting to you know bloop out into space and she looks at it and she looks at Seabold uh and she goes did I kill you guys no no you didn't I mean we we managed to get away but then yes and she grabs it okay Seabold stops mid-sentence and feels embarrassed (laughs) um but yeah uh grabs Combat shotgun. Uh, I'd say probably same shit as last time, minus the suits. Fair enough. Um, and then if there's anything else you want to grab, Seabold. Um, Nothing unchanged from Seabold's okay. montage. All right. As you're gearing up, you feel the ship vibrate as Jack pulls it away from the dock and begins navigating over to Module 9. Um, and since you guys were on top of shit, you guys arrive at Module 9 docking at a little over the 12-minute mark in Scene 2. So you dock at Module 9, and it actually requires orange clearance to even access the airlock. So it opens with your orange clearance and opening up from the bottom. So it's a lift that would normally, when the station is under gravity, lift you up through the floor into Module 9. Um, Without gravity, it opens and you're allowed to float forward from the floor up. The first thing that you float into is kind of like a central hub on the lowest deck of this module. And you see that there's doors to the left and to the right into what looks like operating rooms. You can see through large glass panels that uh, one of them is empty, but the other one has a body floating above the table there. Someone in a crew jumpsuit. And you see that there is, in fact, an Isaac terminal right here on this level. The lift continues upwards to the main deck above where you know Dr. Schreiber is at. But the Isaac terminal is right here on this lower deck before you get up there. Well, we may as well hit it. It's right here. You can also start turning on gravity now if you'd like. 
Yeah, it's probably also smart. Okay. Yeah, Seabolt definitely starts activating gravity. Yep. Um, Isaac says, and there's like a lurch, and the gravity process is starting. Mm-hmm. It'll take three scenes to be fully effective. Sure. While here, Seabolt's going to try to do his hacking business again. Sure. Um, so you can go ahead and make your computer check, um, and you can make that roll with advantage because of your notes <laughs> saved to your CNI. And it honestly wasn't long ago, so you probably don't even need to reference your notes because to you it was like an hour ago. Uh, I rolled a zero. Oh, my God. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Again, you have full access to Isaac's systems. Dude, Seabolt's in the fucking zone, okay? Well, you got to give us something else. That was a, that was zero. <laughs> Wait, are you talking about you rolled all zeros? Like, isn't that a hundred? Isn't that a failure? Wait, is it all zeros? No, it's it's zeros. It's just zero. Yeah. I, zero, zero. Yeah, because I think in Mothership Rules, that is the best rule you can get. Yeah, no, it's it's the best rule. I gotcha. So anyway, so uh, Seabold controls the entire system, and uh, yeah, and we win now. <laughs> Goodbye. We win. It's story's over. It's the same level of clearance that you got last time. <laughs> Come on. I can't really escalate any more yeah, beyond I that. I think we got enough of a gift before. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac says, "There's an audio file here. Would you like me to play it after you put in Ira's data?" Yeah, let's let's hear it. Cameron, I was right. Valkyrie is definitely aware that there's a mole on board, but they don't seem to suspect me personally yet. No need to change the plan, just know they have installed new station-wide security protocols, so I may not be able to... Why is it always IT that's a pain in my ass? As you can see, it looks like our ether mole is IT specialist Ira Darnell. He was using a very clever method of concealing his messages. We only found it when we started specifically scanning for encrypted outgoing communications. Wait, you weren't doing that as part of standard sec procedure? Trust me, that's what I said, but Delacroix wouldn't approve persistent monitoring on the old budget. Well, Delacroix is an idiot, and that's why I get called in to clean up his messes. Well, you're preaching to the choir there, Price. But anyway, seems like Darnell was contacting his ether buds for a pickup. Hmm, I don't know, LJ. I think you might be jumping to conclusions. Look here. Seems like Ira Darnell is a spitting image of one Noah Donner. Known sees back the sky operative. Sees back the sky? Fucking goons. How'd they even find out we were out here? Hmm, utter fucking incompetence probably? Okay, okay, let's point fingers later. Do we, uh apprehend him no watch him closely and see if he contacts anyone else via this method we might be able to learn how bad of an info breach we have on our hands do we at least know who it is he was contacting uh appears to be a cameron readham aboard the vessel synergistic management services 108 huh no shit you know him no not him specifically but the ship it's one of ours it's a cargo hauler currently under contract with Signav. Huh. Small world. So, uh, what are we gonna do about it? Just took care of it. We swapped in an Isaac unit when we upgraded their ship systems as part of the Signav onboarding process. It's been spoofing their ship's original AI for months. And I just told it to cut life support to Mr. Redham Stasis Pod. <gasps>
Well then. Oh, he is double dead. He is so <laughs> dead. I'm going to murder the hell out of him. I'm going to murder him, and then I'm going to purposely fail the loop so I can murder him again. <laughs> Back on Toral, I was a nobody. I got teleported out here, and here I'm something. I'm somebody. The Voidfarer begins maneuvering towards this 200-meter-long space whale. To handle one of these, you need grit. Is that something you have? I'm a tiny little guy. Of course I got grit. If you tried anything, it would end very poorly for you. This alithid dreadnought warps away, accelerating the spell jamming speed as quickly as they arrive. Who the fuck? <laughs> what am I trying to say here, Ravnus? That we're crew. I like that. We're crew. That is a natural one. <sighs> you send yourself sailing out the side of the ship, untethered. Oh. I'm putting a python into the ground. I'm wrapping my rope around it, and I'm jumping into the gravity well. No. <laughs> a gnome, a halfling, and a half-orc walk into a bar. I forgive the middle part, but the punchline is feathers everywhere, and that's not my peanut butter. I cast Tasha's in his lap. Climb aboard for Tales of the Voidfarer, wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, my consequences have actions. <laughs> wait. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. wait. Why do you want to be a hero? Yeah, she's gonna sort of like uh, drop down out of the sky and try to kick him like, you know, square in the chest. Look, I don't know what you're fucking trying to do here, but I don't make deals with enemies who put grenades in a box like they're the $5 movie bin. Release Miss Terry, or you all will be the ones that are extinct. I don't know if I can have an honest conversation with Royale as a corgi. You're right, it's fucking not funny. I mean, literally no one would find this funny. Use the dragon filter that would make it funny. It's just like man standing emoji. Just T posing in the corner. <laughs> Who is your contact? Benchmark. Who? Hey, I just need Buzz Nest for like one minute and then you guys can go back to whatever you were doing. Check out season two of Cape Chronicles starting Wednesday, October 5th, every first and third Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. File folders contain important information. Hey, I'm Saker. And I'm Evan. And our podcast is It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Hey, what's that podcast about, Ev? So, do you know of a band called Bare Naked Ladies? One it's... week. Yeah, yeah, that's one of them. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, I know yeah, of them. Yeah. Do you ever want to learn more about them? Or... Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, well, then this is the podcast for you because we teach you nothing with various guests. Yeah, like uh, like Matt Besser. Holy we shit. Climbed in a second story window and partied in this house where we barely didn't know at all the people that was crazy holy fuck mike mitchell why well, I, I don't know how how like how much you guys really do love bare naked ladies justin mcelroy grab your tongue grab your tongue and i want you to say Our born tongue. on a pirate ship Mom, I'm a pilot. you were born on a pile of shit and many more so check it out but also if you don't like bare naked ladies we talk about them probably like a third of the time so. uh yes that's every Tuesday, wherever fine podcasts are sold. We can make a board game about it. ProjectDerailed.com